I think we underestimate how burdened, even if we have healthy relationships, how burdened we are by expectations of our family, of our culture, of what it means to be a woman, regardless of where you are, right? And, and where you've been raised. Um, and when you go somewhere and you're anonymous and you're freed of that for a moment, you start to hear parts of yourself that have never been sort of allowed to percolate up. This is Luca Menares, and you're listening to the Solo Female Trailer Podcast, the show dedicated to empowering and inspiring women to embrace the unknown and travel on their own terms. Through a mix of solo episodes and guest interviews, you will listen to stories and insights from women around the world who have embarked on their own solo travel adventures. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode. Today, we're here with Dr. Colin Crowley. Dr. Colin has been traveling the world for over 30 years and has explored dozens of countries as a solo female traveler. So, Dr. Colin, thank you so much for being here with us. And to start off the interview, can you share with us your experience with solo travel and how it has transformed your relationship with yourself and with others? Yes, of course. Thank you so much, Lou, for having me. It's one of my all-time favorite topics ever to discuss. So it's thrilling to be here. Uh, and yes, of course. So uh, so solo traveling for me as a female um, has sort of gone on for, you know, close to three decades at this point. So following my undergrad experience in California, I knew that I wanted to travel the world. Um, so I actually went to the travel agency on my campus and I bought an around the world trip ticket and you'd be shocked to hear the price. I still tell people it was $3,000 and I had unlimited sort of opportunity to travel to as many countries as I wanted to. So I set off with a backpack and very sort of little, um, absolutely no experience traveling the world. I had not sort of been international at that point. Um, certainly, you know, none traveling solo. Um, it was just something I wanted to do. I felt sort of a calling. Um, and you have to sort of imagine this is before we had cell phones or even I had to find, there were a couple internet cafes just starting to pop up because um, this is the early 90s. Um, so it was a, it was quite the adventure. I went to over 25 countries, um, you know, camping, hosteling, staying in hotels, meeting, you know, lifelong friends and developing relationships. And, and truly it was, um, completely and utterly transformative. Um, I think from there, then the last couple of decades, um, I went into, um, psychology as a field. So I've been a practicing psychologist for over 20 years. Um, and I think that it was um, those travels that were foundational to me as a person, me as a clinician, and um, I continue to travel solo for the last two decades. I'm also a mom of three. So I have two teenage girls and a nine-year-old son, and I'm now watching them begin their solo travels, um, which is 
an entirely different and powerful experience. Um, and then additionally, just last year, my husband and I and three kids um, and big dog decided that we wanted to be permanently nomadic and we both work remotely, both of us. And so we're traveling full time with um, using Spain as our home base, moving from California to Spain last year. So I'm. Uh, it's kind of been a lifelong pursuit of mine. Uh, I'm working with a lot of families now looking to move and travel themselves as well as um, a lot of female travelers as well. And I think, you know, what I would say is I'm not even sure it transformed me. I think traveling as a solo female has completely shaped me. It's been utterly and completely foundational to how I see the world. Yeah. How I parent, how I've done therapy, philosophically um it's been um you know arguably one of the more sort of most influential sort of aspects of of my life do you mind if we go more in detail about about that concept how it shaped you so what are like some and you said that it has heavily influenced you but in which ways what do you think what do you think is different after all those uh, years of travel? Right. Um, gosh. So the first thing that comes to mind is, so 30 years ago, when I put on a backpack and set out to sort of travel the world, I was really sort of passionate about going into obstetrics and, and women's health. And after traveling, I realized that the world as a whole and, and people especially um, were so fascinating and how, how, how different we were, but I think more importantly, how similar we all are. Um, and I knew that I wanted to go in the direction of psychology. So following those world travels is when I started my master's and then my PhD in psychology, really just trying to understand the human condition and philosophically and existentially sort of realizing, like I said, that I think we, Times were polarizing then. I think in many ways they've only become increasingly polarizing. Um, mm -hmm. I happen to believe that the healing for all of us individually and collectively comes through understanding that we all belong to one another, um, that we're connected in more ways than one. And so I think for me, that's sort of at the core of of how it has shaped me so profoundly in a way that I don't think if I hadn't have traveled, I would have really understood that and the essence yeah. of that. And that's shaped, like I said, how I go through life, how I do therapy, how I see others, how I parent my children and, and so on. Got it. When I hear you saying that, something that, that came to mind in my personal experience has been how solo travel has developed my level of empathy. Now that I have been to so many countries, especially on my own, I have made deep connections with people in other cultures, people from different ages and yeah. different um, genders as well. So it really comes to down to realize that, yeah, we deep down at the core, we all have the same needs and wants. Right. It's just, we have maybe a few things as separators, like culture is a big one, language, but sure. at the core, we all want the same things. We all want to be loved, yeah. we want to belong. So to right. me, that has been also a game changer and has shaped me in a way where I also try to, to see what's beyond the things that separate us. 
That's right. Or just sort of the surface level stuff we get stuck on. And that's also something that's been sort of profound in terms of being a psychologist for quarter of a century is I always tell people, I don't think there's been someone I've sat with that I haven't loved. And what I mean by that is when you are intimately connecting with someone and their vulnerabilities and their stories, um, it's impossible, right? If you're connected to your own humanity to not understand sort of at the core the suffering or the process for them, regardless of sort of the the superficial. Um, so I think, and travel is the same way, right? I mean, you're you get set down somewhere sort of radically, so you think different um, than what you were exposed to or what your experience was, and um, and you realize if you have an open mind and an open heart, just how similar we all are. And I think another thing that really comes out of all of it for me too, which is a really big tenant in therapy is, you know, obviously I'm a big proponent of therapy. Um, and I think doing, um, introspection, um, and self-examination is, um, first of all, it's a luxury, but if you're able to, it's, um, it's a tremendous sort of opportunity. And at the same time, I think, I mean, I can only speak to sort of American culture um, because that's where I practice predominantly, although I have clients all over the world, is um, it can also get a little bit sort of myopic and a little bit sort of narrow. And there can be sort of too much sort of self-examination, right? Which is why having traveled the world, when I'm working with people, oftentimes there's a powerful instinct that, you know, what would really be sort of transformative for you is to get out of here, right? Mm -hmm. To go understand how big the world is, how insignificant we all are, um, and yet incredibly important, right? In terms of a piece of the puzzle. Um, And so I think that that's another incredibly sort of powerful part of traveling. Yeah, for sure. Something I really encourage my listeners to do is to to reflect, to reflect on their trips and also to do some journaling while they are traveling as well, yes. because there are so many thoughts that go through your mind when you are in all these different environments that, yep. and you start questioning so many things. So the best way to, to reflect through it and to think, think through it is to, to write it down because you need to also take all those thoughts out of your head. You um, do. Right. And, and also sometimes you don't even have those thoughts until you're finally alone in a foreign country. Right. Which is why, um, I mean, another reason sort of traveling as a solo female allows you, I think we, we underestimate how burdened, even if we have healthy relationships, how burdened we are by expectations of our family, of our culture, of what it means to be a woman, regardless of where you are, right? And and where you've been raised. Um, and when you go somewhere and you're anonymous and you're freed of that for a moment, you start to hear parts of yourself that have never been sort of allowed to percolate up, right? And so I love this idea of this is when you should journal and this is when you can, you know, hear parts of yourself um, and and commune with that intuition that maybe perhaps was never allowed to percolate up otherwise. Um, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, Dr. Colin, 
something that I get asked a lot is uh, is intuition. Like, what does it really, what's intuition really mean, and how can we connect to that? So, do you have? Can you tell us about this? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that. I think some people get sort of spooked by the word sort of intuition and sort of thinking that it's sort of like a woo-woo term. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is, is that intuition is as sort of old as time. I mean, it it's essentially connecting to your own wisdom, right? Your own calling. There is a profound sort of importance of developing a mind-body relationship. So much of the time in Western culture, especially, there is a disconnect. We live in our heads. Everything's analytical. Um, And while that's absolutely invaluable and important, there's also a relationship and a dynamic. And I think listening to sort of a deeper wisdom um, and an intuition, I mean, honestly, is game changing. And probably where I spend a tremendous amount of time with people having worked with them for this long in helping them connect to that. And I think it's just, um, you can call it a lot of things, right? It's getting radically present, right? It's getting grounded. It's interesting because in a lot of sort of, you know, native cultures sort of, they used to do vision quests, Mm -hmm. right? Or um, walkabouts, I think in Australia is what they call them, where they would send primarily men and and oftentimes adolescents out into the wild for long stretches of time to sort of get in touch with their, they called it a lot of things, spirits or their guides um, or their intuition. I think everybody can relate to it regardless, regardless of what culture you grew up in, but we don't get the chance in today's current culture to do it a lot. We're not encouraged to do it as children. We're bombarded constantly um, with stimulation. Uh, And so just getting quiet and connecting to yourself is sort of the most sort of distilled statement I could say about intuition. Traveling alone allows it to percolate up in my experience in the most powerful way got it I know especially when I'm traveling alone I I really pay attention to what my body's telling me yeah if I go into a room and just the energy feels heavy or I just don't like it I leave right away because my my body's telling me something that my mind doesn't want to see that's right yeah and and also since I moved to the United States, I kind of like fell on the productivity trap and I was uh-huh. always trying to do something and doesn't yeah. matter if I'm tired, I got to be disciplined. And I remember last year I I felt incompletely burnt out and mm-hmm. but I just kept going and I just yeah. got sick. I even got my wisdom teeth at 30, which ah, wow. never happened. Yeah. yeah. And it was just my body being like, okay, you have to stop. You have to stop. But my mind was like, no, no, no. Productivity. We got to keep going. I have some goals to meet. And then I completely down. And, right. And what an invaluable lesson, right? You've developed. And, and to be clear, I mean, we all have that work to do, right? This sort of buzzword right now of sort of mindfulness or mind-body connection, um, it's in no way sort of um, supposed to sort of dilute how powerful it is. Our body never lies. 
Yes. Right. It's our mind that tricks us the most. However, we have an over-reliance sort of on our mind. Traveling sort of neurologically, and I want to say maybe you had someone on here who even talked about this on your podcast, but um, things happen to us neurologically, right? Where our memories are more more powerful, our senses are heightened when we travel. Um, And that's why most people sort of express sort of incredible um, passion and um, positivity following travel is because I think it, it actually radically brings you into the present moment, mm-hmm. right? Which allows you to connect to your intuition, which allows your senses to come alive. And we just don't get it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, we have to be able to incorporate it into our everyday. And also if there's opportunity to travel by yourself, um, and that doesn't mean the whole time, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you can go as a couple, you can go as a family, you can go with friends, but to also find those moments, those times, those experiences to find your quiet and your alone time. Exactly. Extremely important. So now also, Dr. Connie, I want to ask you about about connections, right? So like, how does the absence of familiar social networks and also support systems during solo travel can push us to interact with strangers and build new connections. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, it, it's such a great topic. I think, again, sort of going back to this notion that, you know, we're very much a product of where we've been raised, where we grew up, who our family was, what schools we went to, where we work, what neighborhood we live in. Um, and regardless of how hard you try to stay open minded, right? You're still sort of limited by circumstances and your thinking gets narrow. Um, And so you end up interacting with who you maybe think you're supposed to or who you're exposed to. Um, When you travel, right, you end up having so much of that set aside Mm -hmm. and you're sort of meeting a fresh population um, without being encumbered by all of those expectations, And I'm sure this has been your experience and most of the people who you travel, you end up making some of the most incredible connections of your life, right? And I think sometimes it's um, because it's such an authentic connection, um, we're free of much of that um, and able to connect to people in a way where we're not sort of burdened by who or what or a narrow perspective. For sure, yeah, I can totally say that that one of my best like lifelong friendships came from travel, and right. and it was so at the moment I met with this person in a different country while traveling, the the connection was so authentic because, yeah. for example, something I have noticed here in the United States is that when someone meets you, the first question is, "And what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and I I think what's also interesting is is solo travel or travel in general can be somewhat self-selecting because you're also likely meeting people who also want to connect with other people, have a sense of adventure. And that in and of itself sort of allows for, you know, a a chemistry that's, that's quite powerful. Exactly. And also uh, I wanted to follow up with this question when we were talking about intuition, because 
also our intuition when we're connected to it and we meet someone new right away our body tells us like do I feel comfortable with this person or not and again we don't have any agenda we don't have to follow any rules and we can just be like okay if I don't feel comfortable I just leave yeah right and especially with women right because the reality is is that there's inherently more risk um and so all the more reason Um, our intuition has to be sort of turned up high when we are traveling, when we're without our sort of familiar sort of surroundings and securities and people. Um, And so connecting with that intuition, whether it's good or bad to say like, this is a safe person. Wow. There's incredible chemistry here. Um, Or this isn't entirely safe. Um, Let me pivot and and get myself in a position where I feel more comfortable. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. And Dr. Colin, now I want to ask you about your daughters, right? So you have two teenage daughters. Yes. And you have been traveling with them, and now you guys are living in a different country. So what have you seen that your daughters do differently than Mm -hmm. someone that has never traveled before, let alone a teenager, uh, a female teenager? So I, I want to ask you about this because the teenage years are... Are, are a lot. <laughs> they are. Yes. So I think, um, wow, it's it's been even more than I think I expected, to be honest, okay. um, with what observing my children sort of live internationally. So, and to be clear, we've traveled extensively. Travel is different than sort of living sort of for a longer stretch somewhere. So um, it has been totally and completely sort of explosive in terms of mind expansion, I think, for all of them. Teenagers, to be clear, are supposed to be sort of narrow. And by definition, around the globe, they can be self-centered, right? And that's a developmentally appropriate sort of thing at times, right? Um, what sort of living where we are right now, so we're we're in Spain, but we're traveling all over the world, is it has been um, radical to sort of see their global perspective change in so many ways. And, you know, to watch their language acquisition has been fascinating um, because ours as adults just is not that quick. Um, So that's been incredible. They have made, one of my favorite parts is they have made friends all over the world. And they also have no desire to go back to the United States. And what's really interesting is we didn't necessarily move because, you know, there's plenty of criticism of sort of every country has their pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly frustrations or disappointments about where we are from. Um, But we weren't one of those that were like, we have to get out because this is catastrophic. What is interesting, however, is being here, it does make you sort of see your own culture Mm -hmm. in a really powerful way. I mean, we're all we're all ethnocentric, right? We're, we're, you can only pick up so much, even if you read or travel or expose yourself um, until you sort of live somewhere intimately and get to know people and you know something about this. Um, do you really start to understand how limited your worldview is? Yes. So that's been amazing. I think, you know, two nights ago, I sat on my daughter's bed and helped her pack Um, And she just set off on a big solo backpacking experience. She just turned 17. So I'm beyond excited for her. Obviously, it brings up 
a level of apprehension. It's one thing if I'm supporting women that I care and love about um, when it's your own 16, just turned 17 year old daughter, um, there's apprehension, um, there's excitement. Um, and it's kind of this process of empowering them as much as you can and educating them as much as you can. And then also letting them go have their life experiences. You know, I only became a good world traveler because I did it on my own. And so, um, so it's been incredible to see them. Um, and to now be setting off on their journeys is is powerful. Wow, that that is amazing. And I wanted to ask you that because I know that during our teenage years, you yeah. were very egocentric. It's only about herself. And I just can't imagine how it would be for a teenage girl that has been exposed to different cultures, to different languages, has been living yeah. in in a different country for many different reasons, you know, and, right. and I just, I, I wish everyone could have some uh, of that. <laughs> me too. Yes. I know most people think, how were you able to pull a 14 and a 16 year old away? Right. Because it's all about friends then. And we were so lucky because they, they were really up for the experience. Um, and that's not to say that it's been, you know, without sort of missing of some friends and, and that's also okay, right? Yes. I mean, I think, and this sort of leads into another, I think, really valuable topic that I talk to, you know, women especially about is when you travel alone, it's deeply uncomfortable at times, right? And and you also, this idea of resilience mm -hmm. that you get from traveling, one thing that comes up a lot in sort of doing therapy with people for so long um, and what's sort of born out of Western cultures is a real resistance to discomfort. Mm. Um, and, you know, where a lot of people that are medicated, there's a lot of sort of talk about how to, which has its sort of purposes. Um, there's a lot of talk of sort of avoiding discomfort of not you know, having any sort of fluctuation in mood or in life circumstances. And the truth is, is that life is very complicated, right? And there's a lot to feel. And I think that one of the things that I feel incredibly passionate about is helping people understand that that actually makes life worth living, right? It's our resistance to that feeling or that discomfort that is the biggest challenge, um, but once I start sort of helping people understand, like, wait a second, actually, it's a good thing to feel a variation in emotions and feelings in, in good times and bad times. And also you get through it. And on the other side of that, you have a confidence about your capacity to deal with adversity and challenges. I think travel really allows that to develop in people um, and in women. I mean, when you land somewhere and you don't know anyone and don't speak the language and don't know where you're going to stay and you're out of everything, you know, familiar and comfortable and you have to sort of construct a life or a reality and you have to tolerate being lonely, possibly a little fearful, uh, tolerate the unknowns, but you get to the other side of that. Not only has it been in most cases, 
completely transformative and amazing. But now you have the sense of like, oh, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. And I think, I think that that needs to be cultivated um, in people more. So I think travel allows for that. For sure. I mean, you are in constant problem solving. Again, you're, yeah, there's nothing familiar around you. And talking about cultures, that's something that I really take from Latin cultures, that we are Uh, very resilient. Yes. But to a point where we don't make any demands, which is not good either. (laughs) Interesting, right? Yes. And, And I imagine living in a different culture perhaps illuminated that even more for you. For sure. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just noticed that, for example, some people in my life that get very aggravated by some things where I will be like, okay, no, you know, I actually sit down with them. I'm like, you yeah. know what? I think that there are some things yeah. that you can do. Um, but again, not saying this in the sense that I'm better or worse. No, no. it's just that growing up in a culture where you you have to do so many things to to go yes. ahead because you don't really have much control of your environment so to right. say um like for example i was in mexico last year in october and and i was aware again of that problem solving that resilience that i remember there was a taxi yeah. that just stopped in, in a big intersection yeah. and then just a bunch of guys got got out of their cars and helped push the taxi you know stuff right. like that absolutely yeah no and that's i mean again it's funny because you and i had a private conversation about a gestalt right which is what yes. you gravitate towards and and what that means is sort of you know, taking a little bit from everything to create a whole Mm -hmm. um, that is perspective lending and powerful and layered. And I think that that is, again, one of the most valuable things that comes out of travel is it's not about looking and, and most travelers, that's not the experience they have. It's not, oh, look how great my culture is. It's like, oh, let me, let me take all these really wonderful parts from different cultures and create sort of a something that's that's better than it was before. Exactly. Right? And and I yeah. also I think that's where the power of reflection also comes in because one thing is visiting a place but then another one is also like really traveling through that place and yeah. you know observing those dynamics and yes. interacting with people and and ask about you know why they do what they do. It's a, right. it's a game changer. It is. It's and it's so illuminating and and enriches us as humans. Um, and it's it's one of the greatest things about that that comes out of traveling. There's no question. For sure. So, Doctor Collins, we were talking about your daughter, right? So, I want to ask you if you can share some practical tips mm. or advice for someone considering embarking on their first solo travel adventure yes. and that wants to use this adventure as a way to, you know, personal growth and also to develop a, a stronger relationship yeah. with himself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a great question. And I think, I'm sure this is your experience too. Almost everyone you talk to has some sort of desire to travel by themselves or recently because we moved abroad, every single person you talk to sort of, I think it sort of taps into sort of some sort of fundamental human DNA to sort of explore and have adventures. But I always tell people that you don't have to start big, right? Mm -hmm. So the goal of traveling alone in so many ways is to to get quiet, right? Mm -hmm. To find yourself connecting to that intuition, 
and to that wisdom and to observe the world around you and yourself in a way that you haven't before. If you're limited by family or funds, even something in, as simple as sort of going on, on a hike by yourself, right? Or something out of the ordinary to begin just kind of getting and developing those muscles of, of sort of being alone. Um, you know, it, it's not to sort of, you know, buy a ticket for six months and park yourself somewhere extreme and radical. Although I've known lots of women and people who've done that, and that's okay if you feel ready for that. Um, but I think it's to start small. You know, I work with lots of moms um, who have a really hard time getting away and finding alone time at all, let alone five minutes. Um, even something like a night away to a place you've never been, getting out in nature, communing with yourself, um, is incredibly important. Um, so start small, follow your instincts, read other people's experiences. There's such an incredible network of other travelers, female travelers, family travelers, um, where you can start to get ideas and feel inspired. Um, and I think the other thing you and I touched on a little bit is, you know, being a, a solo female traveler does not mean you have to be a solo female, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been with the same partner for over 25 years. He just left for four days to go surf by himself on the coast. My oldest child's hiking by herself. So you can be part of a family and part of a relationship, but I do a lot of couples therapy and I'm a huge fan of saying, plan separate trips, you know, go by yourself. Um, and it doesn't have to be entirely by yourself. I just worked with a woman and she planned a trip to Patagonia with a group of other women, but she made a point of having on either end of her trip nights alone. Um, so it, it's not all or nothing. There's no sort of one formula or one way to do it. Um, Got it. start small, right. And just experiment with it. So I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned those points that you know start small. You don't have to go buy a ticket for six months and yes. I don't know go to Bali or go to Malaysia. Yes. Right. You you can just take a, a small getaway um, yes. during the weekend or a hike <laughs> and and also the importance of that you can be you can be part of uh, a group a network but then also have your own time. Absolutely. Yes. So I just um, supported a woman yesterday and she's leaving for two months to travel and she want it's kind of a vision quest for her. It's a big sort of soul searching experience, um, but she also doesn't want to be completely alone and, you know, wants to meet other people. And so we sort of constructed this, this sort of really amazing itinerary of doing sort of um, digital nomad hostels for entrepreneurs, right? But also spending time alone and it can be both things. Wow. No, definitely a trip can, I mean, you can customize into whatever you right. need yeah. are. Yes. Yeah. We have so, so many options nowadays. So um, now Dr. Colling, I want to ask you, this is going to be my last question for this okay. interview, but how can we carry all these lessons that we learn from solo travel into our everyday lives mm -hmm. and also maintain a positive relationship with ourselves and others? I'm saying this because coming back from a trip is really hard. And I, I remember I have found myself 
depressed for like a few months because yeah. like I had all these life-changing experiences when I was traveling, but then I come right. back home and like, okay, now I have to work. I have to yeah. like do all the things that I used to do before. So yeah. can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I know you can probably relate to this as someone who's sort of part of a nomadic and traveling community and expat community. It's sort of a joke to always have a trip on the books, right? <laughs> to always have yeah. something. And again, even if it's even if it's small and there doesn't have to be sort of money associated with it, right? I think that that's probably an entirely different podcast is sort of um is how to have really rich, valuable experiences if it's compromised with time or funds. Um, but I think trying to have something to look forward to is is important. I think look, if if we wanted to sort of drill down on this. I think if you're constantly sort of feeling like you're not where you want to be following travel, I think that ties back to the just following your intuition and seeing, is there some pivoting that needs to happen, right? Is what, what can I do to, and again, I mean, life is not always sort of rainbows and butterflies. Um, Mm -hmm. And also if there's too much frustration or unhappiness chronically, that's definitely something to pay attention to, to say, how do I tweak this? How do I sort of change my environment so that it doesn't feel frustrating or stale? Um, and, and then with the first question, I think is, is how do you continually sort of incorporate the lessons from your travels is, I mean, the good news is, is I think if you do them, if you travel solo they're in you sort of for life, right? Which is, I just did that, right? I just backpacked there by myself or navigated that experience. And and now when I go up against something difficult, I, I have that sort of in my cells and that confidence sort of just builds through practically doing it. But I think the other sort of most valuable thing is travel causes you to be radically present in so many ways. So you're not living in the future, which is anxiety producing, and you're not living in the past, which often sort of conjures up a lot of depression. Um, And so, you know, much of what happens in therapy is really trying to help people live in the present moment. Mm. It's sort of one of the most sort of effective tools for, for mitigating much of what ails us. Um, spiritually and psychologically. Travel is always something that I can go to with people to say, when was the last time you remember being really present, right? And so often it's travel for people, right? Oh, when I was hiking here or swimming in the ocean there. And so what I do is I use that as a template for them to to connect to what was going on in that moment for you, Mm -hmm. right? So Undoubtedly, you were in your body, your senses were heightened, you weren't thinking about next week, right, or next year, you were being sort of lit up by all your senses in that given moment. And that's a really, really powerful template for them to sort of use um, as a portal into getting yourself connected. Thank you so much for for sharing that. I just go back to that moment where you felt really present and using that as a template for, uh, sorry, that definitely uh, blew my mind. And as you started talking about it, I was like, 
when was that moment which was recently of course yes <laughs> yeah. I was like oh yes like just experiencing those feelings that you had when you were present which usually are very very pleasant right um, isn't it interesting I mean and as absurd as it sounds we in theory should be like that as much as possible right we're sitting here you know in the same environment we're in on a regular basis and yet we're supposed to be, or the work is to be lit up by sort of the miraculousness of it. Yes. As yes. much as possible. Right. So it's a muscle that we have to work, but there is sort of probably um, the sort of biggest take home of how to incorporate that on a continual basis. 100%. And also yeah. I, when you were mentioning about that, if we feel this resistance when you're when we're coming back from a trip, maybe there is a shift that we need to make. Yeah. And yeah, and absolutely. Rem- yeah. And to listen to that, right? And to not yes. judge it and to not feel panicked about it, but just just notice it, sort of what's percolating up. And and maybe it doesn't mean right now. You know, that's one thing I help with people a lot is saying, okay, so the path right now hasn't illuminated itself, but there's something sort of percolating up in you. There's something you took home from your travels. There's something that shifted. Let's just notice right now. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, it's, it's crazy how we get so caught up into this complicated thing that, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to checking with yourself and to listen to yeah. your body and find actually those quiet times to to listen yeah. to yourself and and if there is a change to be made do it i i remember when i used to have these episodes where i was very sad uh, coming yeah. after a trip was when i was living in california but now yeah. that i live in chicago i have uh, you know relationships that really matter to me and i feel yes. really comfortable at my house yeah. i actually i look forward coming back home <laughs> so that's so great right and then yeah. and then it can ultimately shift too right yes. and it's that's life as we were talking there's there's chapters you know i i know we're wrapping up but i think just recently we always knew we wanted to sort of travel indefinitely with our children and live in a different culture but it was really hard with three kids in different sort of places developmentally. And then, but there was a kind of a growing sort of restlessness in all of us, right. Mm -hmm. That hadn't been there even a year or two prior that was Mm -hmm. like, okay, so this has been lovely. And now it's not quite as lovely, right. We're, we're sort of noticing things developmentally and everyone that um, needed some shifting and, and then who knows what's, what's next right? Exactly. You take it as it comes. Exactly. And always checking in with yourself and see if this feels like the right move. Yes. In a world that's really working to try to get you to not, right? That's the work. So that's true. It's, uh, it's sometimes it takes a lot of energy to go against the current, but it's totally worth it. (laughs) It absolutely is for sure. So Dr. Colleen, thank you so much for everything you shared with us. And If anyone listening to this episode wants to get in contact with you, where can they find you? Absolutely. So I have a website. It's Dr. Colleen uh, T. Crowley. Um, But also we have a a website. It's International Family Life, which is where sort of documenting um, our nomadic adventures also. So either one. Got it. Perfect. So I will make sure to leave the links to your websites and your social media in the show notes. and. 
Again, thank you so much. Everything you shared Thanks, with us was, was amazing. It was delightful. Thanks for having me.